close your eyes and think of the most magical, entertaining, exhilarating place that you could be. Now open your eyes and you're already here. It's the commissioner's <sighs> corner. Oh man, I thought I was on a roller coaster for a second. Thank goodness, I'm terrified of those. Yeah, oof. The uh, roller coasters, they're uh, really up and down business. Okay, all right, all right. So that's, so that's the kind of energy we're bringing today, huh? <laughs> I guess so. I, didn't, I wasn't expecting it, but uh, just got to go where the, uh, the turns and bends and corkscrews of the roller coaster take you. Yeah, it's, all, it's always good to be, <laughs> yeah, always, always got to be flexible. Um, and, you know, speaking of that, uh, so here's the deal. We received a lot of feedback, like a lot of feedback. Oh, my goodness. From you, our listeners, over the weekend. Um, so apparently the Broadway Bros brand is not quite hitting the mark. It's not. With uh, all y'all. I thought that was a home run, I got to tell you. Yeah, me too. But I guess a home run is not a football term, so that was actually bad mm. it, it was a home run but you know wrong sport yeah yeah the uh the most common complaint that we heard from everyone was that the segment was pretty much just uh me making bad hamilton jokes the whole time um and also apparently it seemed like andrew was confused the whole time and didn't really say much uh, some people said it was like andrew didn't even know that the segment was happening and I just steamrolled ahead. Uh, yeah. So, I mean, would you agree with that, Andrew? I would, yeah. I even got some messages that the, the one that I mentioned was not, in fact, a, a musical play, but it, it was a, uh, a football play from a fictional movie. So I was, mm -hmm. uh, I was out of pocket there, too. Yeah. Well, that, that is why we asked your Michael to remove that. Yeah. Anyways, we have heard all of your complaints, and we have two main takeaways from it. First, musical theater is still too niche of a subject if you want to expand our listener base. Um, and second, um, I should probably tell Andrew about the segments we're doing before we actually do them so that he can, you know, prepare himself at least a little bit. So with those things in mind, we would like to welcome you to our new new segment, Hollywood Home. Okay, um, try try again. Ready? Try again. Yeah. Okay. We would like to welcome you to our new new segment, Hollywood, Hollywood Homies. No. Okay. Give, give me one more go. Give me one more. Okay. Go. Hollywood. Hollywood oh no! Sorry. I'll give you. Okay. One, two, three. Hollywood, Hollywood homies. homies. I think that was the best one. Hey everyone, welcome to Hollywood Homies, the segment where I ask Andrew a bunch of questions about movies. And I'm Andrew, now, first... who gets asked questions by James about movies. Mm-hmm, that's him. Now, first off, Andrew, as a self-proclaimed cinephile, are there any good movies you haven't seen already? There's a lot of good movies that I haven't seen already, James. Oh, really? Yeah. There's plenty. Huh. Um, I, I, I have heard that you're doing something to correct that. Um, can, can you tell us a little bit about that? I sure, I sure can, and I sure have done something to correct it. Uh, my... My cinephilia, what is yep. it? Yep, cinephilia. It, it, it just became too rampant. Um, had to go get it checked out, and I got prescribed a 100 Best Movies of All Time poster with uh, scratch-offs, where after you watch a movie, you scratch it off, you give it a, a rating out of five stars. There's other stickers like Best Director, um, there's different categories like best horror film or best superhero film. So 
Uh, my girlfriend and I are working our way through that poster. I think we have about eight done so far. Okay. Uh, any uh, any surprise ones that you really liked? Um, what, what's what's the best one you've seen so far, and what's the worst? Um, the best one that we've rated so far is Forrest Gump, but we had both seen that before. The best one that I had not seen was Silence of the Lambs. That was really good. Ooh, good, good flick. I started to understand a lot more cultural references in, in TV shows and things after watching that movie. Yeah. Um, the worst movie that we've seen so far is Alien. Didn't even give that one a full star review. Uh, would Dang. not recommend. And that's that's the singular alien, right? Not yes. The, not the plural. Yep. What what's uh the next movie on your list that you two are going to tackle? I'm not sure yet. So the way that we do it is it's set up in a, a ten by ten grid, and we have some dice, some d10 dice that we roll, and just kind of do it randomly that way. So whenever we're feeling in the mood to watch a movie at night we'll grab the dice and give it a roll and see which one comes up well i think i think your uh, movie watching career is off to a great start i'm very excited to hear about more movies that you're watching in the future uh i have a few quick questions before i move on to our regularly scheduled fantasy football programming all right i'm ready uh, okay first question what is your favorite movie from the last five years Favorite movie from the last five years has to be Infinity War. Infinity War. Yep. So, and that Infinity War over Endgame for yep. you, right? For me. Yep. Any, uh, any quick reason why that was your favorite? Um, spoilers. If, if you have not seen the movie, plug your uh, spoilers, plug your spoilers, spoilers. Uh, the bad guy won. You never, no. you never see a movie with the bad guy winning, and it no. was just done so well. Um, I, I just really enjoyed it. I mean, sometimes the bad guy does win. Sure. In movies. But, like, a classic oh, yeah. superhero movie always has, like, a, a pretty similar, you know, plot points where starting off first interaction with the bad guy where they lose but then they come back fighting through yeah. adversity to the, take them your down typical hero's journey type yep. thing and this didn't have that and i i like those kinds of movies that keep me guessing and pull the unexpected go against the grain yep cool 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 good answer what about you uh, second question Oh my! Oh my! Favorite movie from the last five years. You weren't you weren't expecting that, were you? But we're, we I are wasn't. Hollywood. Oh man! We're Hollywood homies. We are. It's plural homies. Um, I really like. I mean, Into the Spider Verse was really good. Mm. Surprisingly good. I think I watched that with you and Zach in theaters. Um, it might not. I mean, it might not be the best movie from the past five years, but Knives Out was really freaking good. That was that like. That was a good movie. I feel like that's a movie that like I could recommend to literally anyone and everyone will either love it or really like it. Cause it's yeah. just, it's like, does it doesn't try too hard to like, it's like a whodunit, but done in a, I don't know, unique way, but they're not trying too hard to be unique and just really, really good characters across the board. Very enjoyable. I can second that. That was a great film. All right, moving on to our second question. What is the greatest heist movie of all time, and why is it Ocean's 12? <laughs> um, why, is it, why is it Ocean's 12? Well, you see, they went through a lot of work. Like, having to steal a backpack on a train isn't something that you can just do, like, anywhere or with no preparation. Like, you yeah. need months they, of work. You need millions of to, dollars worth of financing. They had to speak to Lamarck. Yeah. They yeah. spoke to Lamarck. They spoke to Lamarck all to steal a backpack. Oh, yeah. Spoilers. That... Sorry. We should have oh, said that. Oh, damn it. Dang it. We're going to get fined now for not being OSHA approved. Yeah. Um, best heist movie of all time. 
I mean, you already answered it. It was Ocean's 12. Yeah. Uh, moving on to your third question. Uh, what did Steve Rogers not want to step on? <sighs> the world will never know. So you, I mean, but you, you got to have some theories, right? You're, you're deep in those. Yeah. Those, those deep web. So I've, I've seen some things on, on uh, dark Reddit. <laughs> oh, no. That uh, suggested a... A, uh, a cream-filled pastry. <gasps> like a there's, Twinkie? Yeah, there's been some oh some God. evidence. If you go back and watch certain scenes of Captain America, uh, the first there's Avenger just... in reverse, you'll oh, see what? some like Twinkie Easter eggs, I guess. Um, only in reverse? Only in reverse, yep. Wow. I don't want to step on your cream-filled pastry. It could be, you know, that that would make sense because, like, he spoilers, spoilers, spoilers. Uh, he spends a lot of time in ice, but he was preserved just like how a Twinkie exactly never goes bad. Exactly, that's one of the biggest. And, yep, wow, you know what? I think that's it. I think you cracked it. Well, I, I can't take credit, I gotta go to dark credit for that one. Mm-hmm. Or our sponsors this week, Dark Reddit. For all your dark internet desires, go to Dark Reddit. They no, it's got... actually just it's just Reddit mm-hmm. with the night mode turned on. Oh, okay. Okay. I got confused. Yeah, it's already pretty dark there. Well, that's been Hollywood. Hollywood, Hollywood homies. Homies. Let's one more try. This has been Hollywood, Hollywood homies. homies. And this is going to be League News. Be League News. Not a lot of League News this week. I uh, just want to remind everyone that the database is out there. Uh, there's some cool new features out there, so go give that a look. And also jump on Instagram. I think pretty much everyone has seen the new uh, Instagram page for the the league. I'm going to be posting just once a month at the start of every month, the calendar uh, edition from Jake Kessler, just so that stays in circulation. Um, Everyone can see, you know, the dates of the month. And then I'm also going to be putting important things in there like people's birthdays or um, you know, other important dates like holidays or things uh, pertaining to the NFL. So uh, give that a follow, give that a like, and um, yeah, good way to keep in touch, or not keep in touch, but a good way to stay up to date. Stay connected. Stay connected. Stay. Stay informed. Informed. Stay safe. Stay hard. Stay horny. A hero. What? <laughs> Took a left turn there. I zagged on you. Yeah, apparently. Yeah, geez. Okay. Um, so that's all we have for league news. Transitioning to NFL news. I think that we might have some copyright issues with that one. No, it's fair use. It's a parody. Uh, so NFL news, um, the coronavirus pandemic continues to be a thing and the NFL continues to, uh, deal with it. Um, as of the most recent article I could find 40 NFL players have opted out by this time. Um, I thought the deadline was Monday, August 3rd. Um, I guess it's not. And the NFL is trying to, like, move up the deadline to sometime this week. But, yeah, I don't know. I think I think the deadline is sometime this week, probably. So, I guess we'll find out who all is opting out. Um, 84 people have been placed on the reserve slash COVID-19 list. Um, that doesn't necessarily mean that many people have tested positive. Um, it just means they were in contact with someone who did. Um, but it, it does seem like most of that 84 is people who did test positive. Um, so, yeah, it's not, not great. 
hopefully that number doesn't grow too much, but it seems like it probably will. Yeah, it all depends on how well they're able to contain it. Um, you know, do they go to more of a bubble approach or do they keep going with what they got? But yeah, that number could fluctuate throughout the season. So we're just going to have to stay on our toes with what's going on. I think I read that uh, New Orleans is doing like a, not a, I don't think it's a mandatory bubble, but they're basically just having all their players like for at least training camp, just like stay in the same hotel and like basically voluntarily, you know, not have outside contact. Um, I, I don't know how much good that will do, but it seems like if, if every team adopted some sort of policy like that, it would probably help a bit. Hopefully, hopefully they do something like that. I feel like that would probably make some sort of difference. Yeah. But we'll just have to uh, wait and see. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, that's uh, NFL news for this week. Don't have a lot of NFL news, so let's head on over to this week's crazy stat. Crazy stat. stat. Do you have a uh, questionably legal transition for this one too, James? Uh, um, pretty good. I'm scared to start. All right, we're in squat. You're in the squat. I didn't even have to ask or check this time. I'm just going to assume from here on out that you got it going. Well, you know what that does? Makes an ass out of you and me. No. Oh. Stupid. That's not it. Oh, what does it do? I don't, I don't know. Just just at, just say the crazy stat. <laughs> I'm <was> squatting. <laughs> just get over it. So. Just hit me. This week. We have a oh really, 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 Smalls, you're killing me here. really crazy stat. You know what, James? When I w- when I look up these stats, I don't for any reason whatsoever, whatsoever, at all, for any reason, have to go any further or any more for any reason, past what there would be for any sort of situation that may or may not cause me for one reason or the other to look further than I need to. Andrew, you know, you know, we do, we do give this to people to listen to. They have to listen to it with their ears. So we could just if we could just streamline it just a little bit, so they don't cut. have to listen to you just prattle on for ten years, trying to make me squat for longer than I need to. Please just hit me with that crazy stat. All right, James, this is for you. Just drop it. Six years in the league, the league champion, the person who won the league, had their lowest scoring regular season game between weeks 10 and 13 for every year except 2016, which you wouldn't Hmm. really expect. You would think teams heading into playoffs, you know, those last few weeks before playoffs is when they're starting to get their steam. But five out of the six years, their lowest scoring week was between weeks 10 and 13. Hmm. Now, this is kind of a two-parter. On the other side, four seasons, four of our six seasons – the losing team had either their highest or second highest scoring game in week one. Wow. So teams that get off to a a hot start, I guess that one makes a little bit more sense. You know, teams that get off to a hot start um, might have players that get injured a little bit later on or something like that. Or, or they, they keep chasing that that first good week and they don't move on from right. players because they're convinced that they're going to, they're going to have that big week again. Right. Huh. I wonder, 
Is that is that the end of the stat or a crazy that stat? Is. I wonder if the winning if the winning team won. Do you think that has something to do with bye weeks being more common then? It could be. Um, wondering. Either that or they I, – I could see when, when they have – let's say they have a bunch of players that are just really good. And then when they you – know, when the bye weeks come up, they have such a good record. They're not really concerned about, you know, scouring the waiver wire. So they get, get a little complacent and are just okay dealing with the players they have. Right. So they tend to score a little less because they know, okay, getting my full team back for playoffs and, like – Maybe they're they're looking ahead towards playoffs at that point and trying to get their team ready. I don't know. It's interesting. Yeah. Well, that's this week's crazy stat. You can uh, sit back down, James. Oh, okay. I release you. <laughs> James, we have something truly special coming up next. Why don't you tell us what it is? Why won't you tell us what it is? You know what? You know what? I'm going to tell you. Because it's pro- probably the highlight of my week. Um, we were oh. able to... What? Absolutely. I just... Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, it Definitely the highlight of my week. We were able to sit down and talk to a man who needs no introduction. And therefore, I will not give him an introduction. And we will just cut right to the interview right now. Well, we're joined today by Sai Sunkum. Sai, it's great to have you here. Great to hear you and, and talk to you again. Uh, how have you been doing? Uh, great to be here, boys. Uh, I've been doing well, you know, just uh, I guess as well as anyone can be doing in the middle of a pandemic, but, uh, you know, just hanging around. Very nice. Well, it, it has been a while since I think any of us have seen you in person. So what are some of the bigger things that are happening in your life? Um, you know, the biggest thing is like my Madden franchise, which is actually kind of in the shitter right now. But, uh, other than that, um, I graduated grad school, um, working at Microsoft, moving to Seattle soon. And, um, you know, that's pretty much it. Dang. Well, that's, that's very, that's very, uh, that's very exciting. I really hope we can hear more about that Madden franchise going forward. Yeah, you know, it's just Interesting. like, I'm just terrible at Madden now. Like, I don't know, the game's been, every year, like, they don't really make it any better. They just make you pay more for it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I saw, I think it was on Instagram the other day, you posted that you were in the, the Super Bowl with your, your franchise team. How did you end up doing there? Yeah, I mean, that was a lie. Like, uh, the story <laughs> was, uh, you know, just uh, a picture oh, no. of, like, you know, the Madden loading screen, and I was just starting off my franchise. But, um, you know, another part of that was, like, the, the Twins game, and they were up 9-0 on the Sox. So that part was good. Yeah, that part held some truth. Congrats on uh, getting a job with Microsoft and graduating grad school. That's pretty cool. Thanks, man. I appreciate it. Yeah. Well, thank you again for the the update there. And I think let's uh, now shift our questioning to fantasy football. Uh, And we'll start with a quick recap of your 2019 season. Uh, You finished the regular season with a record of seven and six in fifth place. So you were able to make the playoffs for a second straight season, but you fell to the expansion team of Matt Zabel in the first round, ultimately finishing fifth overall. So how would you rate the success of your 2019 season? You know, uh, the first few weeks were going pretty well. I was super excited, you know, getting kind of uh, pretty good production um, from Mahomes and like some other um, players that I didn't expect. But, um, you know, after Mahomes got injured and then I I had a couple of losses kind of grouped more closely together towards the end, it was it was kind of a tough to finish off that way. I was hoping to make a, you know, a deeper push in the playoffs, but you know, I, I wasn't last, so I've been there too. So, you know, silver lining. Yeah. Well, yeah, you mentioned it. And this was something when, you know, we were prepping the questions for 
for this interview here. This was really interesting to me. You did start off this season very hot. You were averaging 121.7 points in your first eight games. And then (laughs) right after that, it it like completely flipped. And I'm wondering if that corresponds to when Mahomes went down. But your last six games of the season, which includes your your one playoff game, you were averaging only 83.2 points per game. So a difference of of 38.5 points there. So a pretty big difference between that first half and the second half. Did that, you know, kind of affect your mentality and your spirits, you know, when uh, setting a lineup each week? Yeah, absolutely. I um, So I think that I had one really tough loss against Sean where, like, you know, he just completely blew it out of the water. I think like 180 something. And then after that, you know, I had a lot more losses. Um, I think, you know, like injuries kind of caught up to me towards the end of the season, but also just like what I was expect, like what I was averaging in the first few games wasn't really, you know, um, you c- I couldn't really expect that throughout the whole season. I kind of got like, lucky at the very beginning with having a couple of games, like Michael Thomas had like two or three touchdowns. It's like, you know, you're not going to get that every game, but um, you know, obviously like when you start losing closer and closer games towards the end, you're kind of like, you know, you're desperate to make the playoffs and, it's it's disheartening it to say the least. So when you finally uh, got your season cut short by Matt Zabel, was it a little a little easier because it was Matt Zabel and kind of felt good for him since he was the you know the new kid on the block so to speak? And plus, no, absolutely you know, not. Zabel. Actually, the opposite is true. Um, <laughs> you know, getting kicked out by an expansion team. Obviously, you never. It's kind you know it's like getting taken out by a rookie, right? Like obviously, I know like Matt Zabel's been in other leagues and you know he's probably got plenty of fantasy football experience but you never want to lose to like the new guy right so but you know it is what it is well Cy every season starts with the draft and yours always seems to bring some disparaging comments uh, about your strategy you know you have had your fair share of blunders you know that one year with three kickers but you also managed to hit on quite a few high scoring players that no one else really saw coming you know, the best example of this definitely being Mahomes in 2018. Um, I remember I was kind of drafting for you in that draft. You know, you had sent me all of your rankings and you had Mahomes as like quarterback, like five or six. And when I took him there, everyone looked at me and they're like, really? Like Cy had Mahomes that high? And, you know, we all know how that turned out. And, And then this last year too, you know, you took Michael Thomas over Zeke at the fourth position. You also drafted two defense, but the second one was the Patriots. And we know how that turned out, you know, historic scoring season for the defense. So what strategy do you use to draft that makes you go against the grain for better or worse? I think when I uh, first started off in the league, you know, I was kind of doing the whole, like, you know, just looking at mock drafts and looking at projections and just individually evaluating players and taking the best available. And then like the past you know, maybe two or three years, I've focused more on, um, like, units as a whole, like, offenses. Like, you know, even if you have, like, a really great guy on kind of, like, a, you know, a, a lagging offense or, like, you know, maybe the offensive coordinator is not that good. Like, you don't want, like, the best wide receiver on the Browns. Like, you kind of want maybe an average wide receiver on the Chiefs because, like, you know, the Chiefs are going to score, like, 40, 50 points a game or something like that. So um, that's right. what I've tried to do the past couple of seasons is, like, you know, get players from, like, high power offenses like the Chiefs or like the Saints a few years ago, um, you know, like the Steelers even a couple years back and, you know, just be more holistic and like evaluating production. Yeah. Would you say that's more of a, more of a opportunity over talent sort of strategy that you apply to drafts? Yeah, absolutely. I think, um, cause it's like really hard to pick, like, you know, who's going to be like the top running back this year. Like who's going to, like, you don't know. And like, you know, obviously one guy might be like, you know, like the single, you know, best offensive player on the team and the rest of the team sucks and they don't play the, you know, make the playoffs or anything, but he generates a lot of points. You know, I'm willing to forego that in favor of the guy that's like, maybe not the best player on an offense, but you know, he's getting his like consistent, you know, maybe a touchdown or two, you know, a touchdown every week or, you know, like getting a significant amount of yards every week, just because, you know, the off, the offense is just so overpowered, you know? Yeah, absolutely. Going with that consistency approach instead of 
trying to find those guys that are going to be the the big home run guys that no one really saw coming, you know? Yeah, absolutely. So continuing with a a closer look at your draft strategy, over the course of the six seasons you've been in the league, the average round um, where you draft your first quarterback is 2.5. You drafted them in the third round uh, in 2014 in your first year. Uh, then the second round, third round, first round, fourth round, and then last year was in the second round. Um, what is your, uh, I guess, like methodology or thinking in taking a QB early? Um, so I guess like the the two quarterbacks that kind of explain this most, like obviously Brady and Mahomes, which, you know, the last two years have drafted Mahomes and then previously um, used to draft Brady a lot. Uh, so I, I'd say those Brady picks were pretty bad probably. And except for maybe like one year where he was actually pretty good. Um, but with Mahomes, I definitely thought that like, you know, like I would be getting enough production out of him to justify me drafting him that early. Like I haven't, like, I'm not a good drafter. Like you can see my record and like, just, you know, be able to tell that right off the bat. And especially with running backs, I have never been able to like judge who's going to be like. You know, top running back. I've not, you know, I haven't been Zach, you know, basically. And so I was like, you know, I know Mahomes is going to be like, you know, one of the top five quarterbacks in the league. So I might just grab him right here as opposed to like, you know, getting a running back, you know, who tears an ACL week one or week two, and then I'm out, you know, cold for the rest of the season. Yeah, that's a good, that's a good point. And when it is a position where you only need one person, getting someone who is, such a an elite player in Patrick Mahomes you know you can just really set him put him in forget about him and then fill up the rest of your roster with you know more depth pieces for those running back and wide receiver positions yeah for sure it seems like uh seems like a pretty like safe pick strategy where hey maybe maybe in that spot you could get a a running back that might break out or you can just take the quarterback you know is going to be one of the top two. Yeah, for sure. Also think, like, when it comes to running backs, like, you never know how good the offensive line really is going to be. Like, you know, there's projections and everything, but, like, you know, like two weeks in or three weeks in, you'll see, like, a ton of O-line injuries, and then all of a sudden, like, the running backs, like, I think historically if we look back and see, like, the projected number one running back for that season has never, like, actually held – to be true like like remember that one year David Johnson just went off and then like the next two years he just completely disappeared like I don't want to risk something like that happening you know yeah plus with I mean like sometimes quarterbacks get injured but like a lot more often it's a you know high volume running back that ends up getting injured I can I think I can only think of one year where the number one drafted running back still was the number one and that I think that was Todd Gurley when he was drafted first overall after he finished first. Right. I can't think of any other ones. Yeah. I mean, there is still, obviously like they're all football players. Like there's inherent risk with drafting a quarterback high too, but you know, like there's some quarterbacks that definitely tend to avoid injury more than others. Like, you know, I would never draft like once that high. Right. Yeah, and with so many rules these days being focused on protecting the quarterback, you know, there's fewer injuries to that position and to those starters where the running backs, you know, they're getting hit hard every single play, you know, every single time they carry the ball where quarterbacks can be pretty protected. Yeah, for sure. I mean, I think this year will be sort of interesting to see, like, like how, you know, the NFL decides, to, like, either they play in a bubble or how they manage, like, the whole pandemic. But, like, maybe there will be, like, an element of, like, you know, which players are most likely to test positive for COVID or something and, like, have to sit out four weeks or something, you know? Yeah. Yeah, that will be an interesting thing to try to predict. So do you think either that or, you know, kind of the discussion we just had is going to continue with the draft for this upcoming season where you look to take, you know, Lamar or, or Mahomes again early? Yeah, absolutely. I've been, like, I haven't really done any research yet. Um, but, you know, obviously we'll be trying to look at some of those um, overpowering offenses. Like, 
Ravens, Chiefs, Texans, and see uh, see if anybody good's available. Yeah. So we haven't. I don't think any of us in the league have seen you in person um, very recently, and especially not for a draft. Um, you've been been out in California for our last two cabin drafts that we had. Um, so first of all, we definitely miss having you at the draft. It's always fun, you know, having everyone there. But uh, one thing I think we are all are wondering is what does uh, your remote draft setup look like? Um, like laptop, phone, pizza, and a beer. What what is it? Uh, it's actually wings and a beer, but um, and obviously too much beer in recent years, or actually throughout how long I've been <laughs> drafting, but. Um, you know, I have, so I have like a monitor and, you know, just my computer. So I'll have, you know, some like stats pages, um, you know, I'll have like the normal, the, like the ESPN webcast or whatever the, the app's called, like, you know, the web app that's on my desktop. And then I'll try to do a little bit of like, you know, like um, setting up those, like, you know, if this player is available, draft him right away. And then after that, what I've, what I've, tried to make sure uh, recently, and I will definitely do it, this again, is having like NFL.com, ESPN.com, all of those pulled up and like, you know, all the breaking news headlines, like I'll definitely be looking at the breaking news headlines uh, just to make sure I don't draft like, you know, a retiring player or, a, you know, my third kicker or like, you know, just like <laughs> it moves. Um, Never again. Yeah. I mean, I've, uh, I think I was trying to count the references because I've watched, um, not all of the videos you guys have done, but pretty much all of them, maybe like I have two left and like almost like four or five people have brought up me drafting three kickers or maybe not four, but like at least I think Jake has, Brandon has, Sean has. So taking it to heart. Yeah. You're pretty popular on the show, Cy. I know. I know. Now, in addition to, like, your laptop and monitor, do you have pictures of all of us, you know, nice and framed sitting around your desk while you draft? No, I mean, my uh, my screensaver is um, the calendar Jake uh, sent in the <laughs> group. But other than that, uh, I don't really need to look at the rest of you guys. <laughs> oh, but, but Cy, we, we have a huge portrait of you that we always set up on an easel when we're drafting. Oh really? Yeah, we even we even put little LEDs behind your eyes, so it looks like you're angry. <laughs> I kind of want to see this. Oh man, we backed ourselves into a corner, James. We got. <laughs> oh no. <laughs> we actually got to deliver on this now. Okay, I'll just make make a quick note. Get evil sigh picture. There it is. I see the note. Yep, it's there. <laughs> it's gonna happen. But I, I will say I do. I actually do always have that uh that picture of um, Smeeds. I'm excited for for the draft, ready to go. Oh, good, good. That's yeah. That that is essential. Helps everybody get into the mindset like shit is real. No more joking around. No more mock drafts. Like we're doing it now. I'm yeah, excited we, for the draft. We're excited. Helps me calm my nerves for the draft. You know. Oh, good. Good. (laughs) (laughs) Well, we're going to take a quick break from the scheduled interview to talk about this week's sponsor. This week, we're sponsored by Zyrtec, allergy relief supplement that will give you a sigh of relief. Uh, May cause drowsiness. Don't take more than 10 milligrams a day. Speaking of sigh of relief... Our second sponsor this week is Preparation H. When you feel the burn from sitting too long in the loo setting your lineup, turn to Preparation H. Now with daily wipes that go beyond cleaning to cool, soothe, and reduce irritation. Well, while we have you here, Cy, uh, 10 out of 10 would highly recommend this next segment as well. Would you rather? James is going to hit you with a few questions. Are you ready? I am. Hit me with that drop, Smeed. Oh, 
Oh man, they're just getting worse. They're getting. They are getting worse. <laughs> I'll keep working on it. Okay, Sai Suncom, if that is your real name. Would you? Oh no. <laughs> We got him. Move in, move in. Sai, <laughs> Sai Hussein. Some come. A lot of people forget that he's Hussein. Anyways, would you rather switch your starting tight end, defense, and kicker positions to be to have all three of them be one of those positions? So three kicker spots, three defenses, or three starting tight ends? Or would you want to keep them the same? So instead of having a tight end kicker and defense, I could potentially have three tight ends or like three defenses or three or kickers. Or three kickers. Um, I know. I know. I was, I was leaving that out, but okay. Yeah. <laughs> <sighs> well, you know, like I, I try to stock up on kickers, so I'm going to have to go with no. Uh you know what? That's a tough call because, like, you know, like, everyone, like, kind of, like, neglects, like, kickers and defense. Not me, of course, especially kickers. Course. But, like, sometimes they, like, pull you out of close games, right? Like, you know, like, Zerline will get, like, you know, like, five field goals. Like, that's 15 points right there. And it's, like, you know, sometimes that outperforms, like, wide receiver two or something. So. Oh, yeah. Oh, you know, that's a tough one. I would say I'd keep it as it is. I don't know. I it's just something weird about having three tight ends, you know. And plus, like, <laughs> if the if the whole if the whole like league is having three tight ends, like you you know you're pretty thin on tight ends. Like you know you're starting yeah. guys that aren't actually playing. Yeah. Well, I would I would also assume that it would be um like it would be just you and then everyone else would. Oh, okay. One. Yeah. So do do you think do you think one of switching to three of one of those positions would give you an advantage? And it, no, it, if so, which one would you go with? Uh, I actually don't think it would give you an advantage because I don't think you could draft three good of like like I don't think you could draft like three great tight ends or like three great you know defenses. Because, like, someone's bound to take – like, you're going to end up with, like, a scrub or, like, two scrubs. And, like, I think the odds of you drafting, like, a good tight end, a good defense, and a good kicker, like, the like one of each is higher than the odds of drafting, like, three good ones of the same position. Does that make sense? Yeah. Oh, yeah, I totally get that, yeah. Because if you – like, theoretically, you could have the best tight end, the best defense, and the best kicker. But then if you right. had to start – you know, three tight ends and you could only have, you know, the best right, tight end right. and like the second best tight end. Yep. Man, All right. So a... Sai would keep them the same. Andrew? This is a good one. I, I'm between keeping them the same, but I think my final answer is going to be jokes aside, three kickers. I think. Okay. Are like, you serious? Yeah, I, I am. <laughs> I think like, an average kicker probably scores, you know, eight, eight to uh, ten points a game, probably. And obviously, there's some tight ends like your Kelseys and your Kittles that are, you know, could put up a, a thirty burger or something like that. But I feel like there's a pretty big tear drop off that, like the tenth through the twelfth ranked tight ends aren't going to consistently give you eight to ten points. And and same with defense. I feel like defense are gonna, you know, depending on the matchup, they're gonna be very matchup dependent. Um, so I feel like the consistency of of the kickers, and the fact that every team has a kicker that, for the most part, you know, will do their job fairly well. Um, I think that was that would be the pick that I would go with. It makes a lot of sense. How, How about, about you, James? James? Um, so because I make the questions, I can look up the stats to try to figure out the right answer. Um, but actually this one, this one's kind of tough because, um, when I was, I think, I think maybe keeping them the same would be the right call. Um, one thing I'm pretty sure is that you 
don't you don't want three tight ends because like Andrew said, like the the number one tight end, at least like, you know, based off last year, they're gonna score more than the best kicker and best defense. But then like the drop off is really steep. And then all of a sudden, like, you know, once you get past, you know, like even even the tenth best tight end is like terrible. Like you don't you don't want that. Like the tenth the tenth best defense and kicker will be significantly better than the tenth best tight end. Um, and looking at it, I actually found that it seemed like defenses tended to score more points than kickers on average. Um, so I think I think maybe defense might be the right answer, but also I feel like the problem with defense is that they are. I feel like it's harder to find the right ones, and like maybe maybe during the year you can pick up the correct defenses but like I I think Andrew might actually be right with the kicker spot being the one to go with because like you know kickers are very variable week to week but like in the draft like you can you kind of know who's probably going to be the top ones like you know Justin Tucker Harrison Bucker you know Will Lutz and so if you just choose to like you know draft them a little bit earlier and be able to start them all I think that actually might give you a positional advantage. Yeah, I think after he kind of explained his reasoning, like I definitely do agree with that too. Like, um, I don't know if that's enough to change my answer, but like I definitely see that line of logic. Like that makes a lot of sense. Well, do you have uh, one more for us today, James? Oh, you know I have one more question. All right, side Sun come. Would you rather see the Patriots win the Super Bowl? or see Tom Brady win the Super Bowl? I'd rather Tom Brady win the Super Bowl. Um, I'll just keep it quick. I actually – I'm starting to dislike Tom Brady just because, like, you know, when he <gasps> no. was kind of like, – when he was an underdog and, you know, he was kind of, like, keeping his mouth shut and, you know, just, like, delivering, it was fun to watch. It was a fun guy to root for. But, like, lately, and like, then, I don't know if you've seen – And then it was 2006. Yeah. Well, like, you know, like people said he was cocky, like way before I believed them. And then now it's like, okay, yes, he's very openly cocky. And it's like, like, there's nothing wrong with it. But it's just like, dude, like, hurry up and move on. So other people can get to Super Bowls and stuff. I mean, like, I, like, I still (laughs) like him. It's just like, I don't know, some of the things he says on Twitter. And it's just like, I'm so ready for like somebody else to be um, like, take that throne away from him, like AFC. King. Well, I guess like he is out of the AFC now, but you know, but I do like I do want him to stick it to the Pats once, just to like like make it clear that he's the goat. Like it wasn't Belichick, it was him, and then be done. I want him to win a Super Bowl and then walk away. So, so would you say you're definitively more of a Tom Brady fan than a Patriots fan? Then, um, no, I just don't like Belichick that much. Like I like interest, you know, like if Belichick, I would have preferred if Belichick had left and Brady had stayed in New England, but like obviously the cookie didn't crumble that way. But yeah, because I, I mean, he's I still the like best the, coach of all time. Yeah, I mean, like he's a very good coach, but like you know, like people love to say, like you know, if like Aaron Rodgers was in New England, he'd have like twelve Super Bowls or something. And it's like that's you know that's kind of where I get kind of like Brady defensive. I'm like, no, like give the guy credit, like he's he's the goat. What do you guys think? I mean, um, honestly, I don't. I don't have much skin in the game. Yeah. Um, I guess honestly, like, I mean, I don't really care about the Patriots either way. Um, I do. I I have a lot of respect for Belichick, and I think like both Brady and him, you know, one of them without the other would have won maybe two Super Bowls. And like, I think I think that like Brady without Belichick is not the goat. And I think that Belichick without Brady is not the go either. Um, but fine. it would—I don't know. I—I I, it would be fun to just see Tom Brady win another one. Like I—I'd rather he not. But like I don't know. He's—he's he's a fun player to watch, and just his his legacy is interesting. Yeah, I think I would probably lean towards Brady as well if those were my two options. Just because, well, one, I'm not—I'm not a huge Cam Newton fan, and. Even when Brady was dominant, like his last few years with the Patriots, 
it wasn't like an exciting offense. You know, they had Edelman and like James White, but you know, who else on that offense did they have after Gronk retired? They really didn't have anybody, but now that he's on Tampa Bay and they got, you know, Mike Evans and Chris Godwin and, you know, it's more of an exciting team to watch in my opinion. So, yeah, it'll definitely be a more exciting brand of football. Like, yeah, that's horrible. Also, if I can just say a quick hot take, I, I think Aaron Rodgers is going to leave the Packers, maybe not this year, but, um, within two seasons and he's going to end up a Patriot before his career is over and he will play for Belichick. Ooh. That would that be that would be interesting. Well, do you have any more uh, would you rather's, James? Uh, no, that was the last one. So, so side I would rather see Tom Brady win, and I guess Andrew and I were on the same page. All right. Well, I think with that, we'll jump back into uh, the the interview questions here. We have just a few left for you here, Sai. Um, so last year, actually, the last two years, you have made playoffs but have been unlucky in your first game of the postseason going 0-2 and averaging 76.5 points in those two matchups. Can you attribute your playoff undesirable performances to anything specific, or is it more just bad luck? Uh, Actually, I mean, I don't want to sound cocky here, but I think part of the reason might be, like, having players that are, like, too good. Like, okay, so, like, Mahomes – so, like, the Chiefs are obviously not going to try super hard at the end of the season for injury reasons, and, you know, they don't obviously don't need to. They've, like, already locked up um, seating or, like, at least a first-round bye. Um, and I think the previous year, especially, that was true because I had um, Mahomes, Tyreek Hill, and Kareem Hunt. And I think Hunt was out for, you know, being an asshole, but Hill and Hill and Mahomes were – or was, was that that year or was that later? I don't remember. But anyways, like – like um, the, the high-powered offenses usually aren't playing super hard week 16, week 17. And so um, I definitely do need to plan for plan in advance for that and, you know, have some reliable options, like, you know, have like, you know, a couple of Seahawks players or like Steelers, you know, like those guys that are always like fighting to get in right at the end of the sure. season and like put up a lot of points. So I'll try to get some of those guys in this year. Yeah, that's a good point that, you know, it's not just injuries or anything you have to watch out for, but these NFL teams that are still fighting. And, and hopefully this um, seven-team playoff thing that the NFL is doing now, um, you know, where only the top seed gets that first round by, hopefully that will keep some of these teams staying competitive longer where they're not just satisfied with getting that two seed. So... Uh, you know, maybe that will help have some uh, higher scoring and exciting matchups in the fantasy football playoffs. For sure. I, I mean, to I be honest, I, I don't know. Or, sorry, go ahead, James. Oh, I I completely forgot about that new uh, playoff format. So, like with with all the other news, like I completely forgot that was a thing. Um, but I think that definitely will probably lead to a bit more, uh, more exciting like fantasy finishes. Yeah, same. I had totally forgotten about that too, but um Yeah. I mean it's just to get more games so they can televise more games and get more money. Like that's that's ultimately what it is. Wait, the NFL is interested in making money? Yeah. I <laughs> yeah, hot hot take. But yeah, that's that's what I believe. Yeah. And I imagine it I guess it'll make the so like, you know, the teams that are doing like so if you have two teams that are like, you know, absolutely killing the competition, like the last the last two weeks of the season, they probably wouldn't have tried so hard because, you know, they've probably already locked up buys or something, but like now they're almost like forced to like, you know, compete super hard to make sure that they lock up the single, the single buy. I guess that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. Plus extra teams fighting for that wild card spot too. Right. Right. Kind of on both ends, making sure that it stays competitive throughout. Uh, side, do you feel a little bit better now that Luke Conway has joined you with multiple last place finishes? Uh, no. It's, no? Like, I, I looked at the, uh, so the database, I actually have it pulled up and it's like, you know, like my name's right at the top there. Uh, like, I guess it does kind of help that Luke 
is uh, is there too. Let me scroll to the right tab. There's like a ton of tabs here. By the way, this is amazing. I don't know how you guys found <laughs> the time to do this, but oh, it was it was Smeed, 100% Smeed. God, Smeed, you're like an Excel god. <laughs> I don't know about that. I try my best, yeah. but it's a six-year six-year project. Yeah. <laughs> Okay, so yeah, it is okay. So Sai Luke shot. Yeah, um, no, I, you know, having two last place finishes that, well, actually, no, yeah, I guess it it does help because like I guess in a sense it's like you know if Luke Luke finishes last again this year, then I won't be you know like the loser of the league anymore, and so that'll be great. Um, sorry, Luke, but um, <laughs> yeah, yeah, you know what, like I'm I'm here for it. Well, Sai, I'm going to hit you with a little uh, trivia question about your own team here. Now, I said you have, you said you have the database up, so don't, don't cheat and take a look at it. But of the 11 other league members other than yourself, how many do you think you have a, a winning regular season record against? Oh, fuck. Um, <laughs> I'm just... I'm trying to think if I have a winning record against Sean. All right. I'm going to say, like, obviously not you, James, not you, Smeed, not Zach. I don't think against Jake. Probably not Jackson. Brandon will probably, but maybe like two or three, I guess. Like, maybe like Clay and Sean. Well, Sai, the answer is actually seven. What? You no. have a winning record against <laughs> seven of the other teams. The only four that you don't are James, myself, Zach, and Clay. Wow. That – wait, are you serious? Yeah. So, like, right, I can talk shit to, like, Jake and, like, Jackson? So this, this – I is... mean, has have you been stopped before from talking <laughs> yeah. shit? <laughs> no, but now I feel validated in, in doing it, you know? <laughs> Sure. Yeah, let me uh, read these off here for you. So, uh, Sean, you're five and three against. Okay. Uh, David, you're six and five against. Suck it, David. Luke, four and three. <laughs> Jake oh. and Jackson, you're three and two. And then you nice. beat both Brandon and Matt Zabel in the regular season uh, this last year. Okay, so, like, I'm, you know, barely edging it out, but, you know, I'll take what I can get. Still. Um, yeah, I mean, like, you know, there's that's seven more teams than I – or four more teams than I thought, so that's great. Yeah. Well, the, the four teams that I mentioned that you uh, – that have bested you in the regular season are, are James, myself, Zach, and Clay. And those four teams actually account for 63% of your regular season losses. All right, James, you want to take us out here? David. Oh, yeah. Um <laughs> Before before our last question, um, Sai already mentioned it, but I would like to give a shout out to the database that Andrew uh, created, uh, namely the table of contents tab that he has added, mm. which I didn't I didn't notice until you know it's, I think it was probably one of the things he was working on last, but it makes it, it was kind of getting really big and unwieldy to navigate through, but the table of contents. Um, lets you, you know, quickly uh, go to everyone's page and like all the league summary pages. And I didn't, I didn't notice it at first and I was thinking of suggesting it to him. And then I realized he already did this, but Andrew put uh, links back to the table of contents so that you don't have to scroll all the way back to the table of contents. You can use the table of contents tab to go to the page you want and then click the link back to go back to table of contents to go somewhere else. Makes navigating it very nice, and there's a lot, a lot of fun stats to, uh, to dig through. For sure, um, and just to expand on that, like, I'd like to like shout both you guys out for like, cause I like, I assume like t like prepping for this and like you know setting this up and like actually editing and you know getting it on YouTube and everything it probably takes a shit ton of time and like you know I, everyone's busy now so like this like you know you guys doing this is like much appreciated it's super fun to like watch those videos while i should be doing work or something yeah and, like, you know, it's really fun you know so shout out to both of you guys yeah well thank you yeah we're getting better thank at you it very much getting more efficient at it so it does take less time 
So finally, Sai, you got last in your first two years in the league, but you have since improved a lot, and you've now made the playoffs twice in a row, and you even finished first in the regular season two years ago. What has been the biggest key in turning around your performances to be a solid to be a solid playoff contender? And how are you going to continue that in this upcoming season? You know, honestly, I think it's a mixture of one, you know, the fundamentals, just doing your research, two, tuning out the noise. Uh, this is a big one, boys. You know, I get a lot of hate from all you guys, uh, draft after draft. Um, you know, like most of the time I deserve it. But like sometimes I thought I overreacted to the previous draft, like, you know, like maybe the mistakes I made the previous draft. Like, of course, we're all going to make mistakes, but, like, you know, sometimes there's, like, luck involved, too. And so, like, you know, maybe if I drafted, like, a bad running back or something, like, you know, I wouldn't draft a running back high the next time or, you know, something stupid like that. And so, like, you know, just, like, objectively, like, filtering out, like, what I did last season um, or, like, not letting that play too much um, of an important part in my decision-making for this season, just, like, evaluating the current situation, just saying, okay, like, you know, what are my needs? Um how am I going to get production for my offense? Like, what are the good, what are the good offenses to um, choose players from? And just having like that clean thought process and not thinking about things in the past. Um, that seemed to have worked these last few seasons. Yeah. I think, you know, everyone in the league has really noticed your performances improving. And at the start, you know, especially after getting those two uh, defeats, in the first two seasons, you know, everyone had this this view of you and your team, and you have really uh, distanced yourself from that, and, and you really have become a, a good playoff contender and, you know, somebody that, uh, you know, is not to be taken lightly. You know, that the fact that we just mentioned seven of the 11 other people you have a winning regular season record against. So uh, what you're doing seems to be working, and, and uh, yeah, excited to – have you for this uh, next season again and, and take you on and we wish you the best of luck, uh, both with fantasy football and all your life stuff, you know, your move out to Seattle and, and thank you again for joining us today on the show. Thank you boys. Uh, you know, uh, wish you guys uh, the best as well. You know, like obviously we're going to stay in touch throughout the season and basically, you know, forever looks like unless, uh, you know, one of you guys, or like, unless I do so shitty, I have to leave the <laughs> league or something. But um, no, I uh, genuinely do um, do appreciate the, you know, the sort of fun we have. And then like, you know, like the community. So I was talking just to, like super quick thing. It's like, I've noticed like, you know, like the leagues that my um, college friends are in and, uh, you know, they're not as like well-designed or like, you know, they're not as, it's not as, fun of a community and uh, I think like we really actually excel at that so um, you know just looking forward to keep going yeah absolutely well mm -hmm. the community is you know built up of everyone and, and yourself included and we're very happy to have you here and and looking forward to the next time we can see you in person as well yeah for sure um, thanks for having me boys <laughs> 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 oh man oh, that's wow. sigh that was a delight wow man i feel rejuvenated <laughs> oh, man he now that that kid he has a, a quick wit he that's, knows how that's to, all i can say he knows how to pick up somebody's tick, spirits yeah tickle all my all my bones are funny and they've been tickled oh man wow well thank you again sigh <laughs> For joining us, he's still got you cracking up, doesn't he's, he? He's guy, uh, man, he got me. Well, thank you again to Sai for joining us. It was a wonderful conversation. Glad to have him on the show, and wish him the best, um, guys. We got just about two more weeks until draft weekend, so time to start getting that uh, research going. Trying to start getting the time to start getting preparations for golf going uh we're, mm -hmm. we're getting there tick tock and we are we're golfing friday morning right Smeed? 
Yep, that's the plan as of now, Friday morning. Cool. And then uh, the uh, the actual draft time, we're planning on doing it tentatively Saturday night, like we usually do, but that could change. Um, we're going we're going to basically uh, try to schedule it so that Cy and Matt Zabel are able to draft remotely with us. And so we'll we'll try to work with their schedules for whatever time works. But yeah, I think that's going to wrap it up for this week. Thank you guys for tuning in and we'll catch you later this week. Signature sign off. Wink. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like the, the Skype slash zoom, like it affects people's voices differently. I know. I'm like super worried. Like if I come out all like high and squeaky or something, you know, <laughs> I know. That, I'm not, I'm not hearing that. I feel like if anything, I feel like it makes people, people's voices lower. Okay. That's good. We'll that's talk good. to our producer like, uh, too and our editors and make sure that they give you a nice, yeah. you know, masculine yeah. tone. Michael, please, please pitch down size voice. Yes, please. Thank you. <laughs>